It's one of those weeks for children everywhere after they've had such an abundance of candy <laughs> that it's kind of like they're hitting those lows where it's like, oh, the sugar, where did it go? We're crashing out. So I know like Robin's been talking to teachers this week and it's just like, man, the kids have been off the wall and that's, uh, that's okay. They're coming down. <laughs> right, Jess? You've been teaching kids all week. Oh, they're going to have a great time. Father, we just thank you for your presence and worship this morning. We thank you for what a privilege it is that we can set time aside and come boldly before your throne and just to worship you and to receive from you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, how is everybody doing this morning? It's good to see you guys. Oh, it's great. And welcome to the, those of you who are joining us via the internet this morning. We're so glad to have you with us from wherever it is you may be joining us in this world or in this region. And we're going to continue on in our series on the Holy Spirit. And in particular in there, we've been for the last seven weeks, we've been on a subsection called Gifts Galore, where we've been exploring the gifts of the Spirit, and I think we're going to start bringing this section uh, to a close. We might finish it this week. We may have to spill a little bit over into next week, but uh, man, it's just so good to remind ourselves of the gifts that he's given to the body of Christ, that Paul said, hey, you guys shouldn't be surprised when you start seeing these things, and he also said, I don't want you to be ignorant of them. Why? Because they're gifts for you. And when you give a gift, it's because you want to bless that person, right? It's because you want to see that thing. You, you looked at their life and you're like, man, there's just something that I see that they need. Here, I give it to them and I want to see them use it. And the, it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. God was like, man, Holy Spirit, we need to empower this church. We need to send them some things that are for their use. Here are the gifts. They're for your use. They're for your building up. And and so we started off with the three revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And we said the three revelation gifts, they reveal something. And then we went on to the three power gifts, which is the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And we said the power gifts, they do something. And last week we started on the three vocal or inspiration gifts, which is prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues and the three vocal gifts they say something and in this category there is no silent vocal gifts all of these are required for your lips to be moved and for you to yield yourself to the holy spirit and speak on his behalf as his representative you know, and, and I think this is interesting with these three gifts is because a lot of Christians love to live their Christianity right up here. As long as it's up here in my head, it's something that I think about, it's something that I value, oh, then it's okay. But as soon as you're required to have to say something or do something, that's when everybody gets squeamish. And that's how the devil likes it. He doesn't care what you know or what you believe until you choose to exercise it, until you choose to act it out, until you choose to live it. And so with the three vocal gifts, it's the Holy Spirit will inspire you to say something on his behalf. And so the lips have to move for that. But I want to start this morning as we continue on in the vocal gifts with a quote from Tony Cook. And he said this, and I thought it was really interesting. He said, not every supernatural gift is expressed spectacularly. 
Some gifts are quite subtle, and yet they are beautiful in their impact. And specifically today, as we continue on talking about prophecy, we often get the idea of it's thus saith the Lord, and, and it's this big, uh, boisterous message that's f- filled with drama and theatrics, and you have to realize that that's people adding their drama and theatrics into it. God can speak through you in such a way that is so normal and ordinary and down to earth and yet still move mountains with it. He can work through you without making you seem like a weirdo. Now we understand Paul does say, or Peter said, that we are a peculiar people, but that doesn't mean you should go out of your way to be strange and odd and freak everyone around you. And I wanted to start this way because when we talk about prophecy, we often see it as this deep spiritual and like the heavens and the earth have to stop moving so that everything is focused in on this. But you realize that you can prophesy to those around you And it just comes out so ordinary, but yet their heart is still impacted in a way that that it's just like only God could do. You can be having regular conversations with people and the gift of prophecy just spring up. There's something that you're inspired to say, and so you just say it without making a big to-do about it. And we need to bring some balance to this because we often think that prophecy are words of wisdom or words of knowledge only come in King James English. And he uses you, what you know and how you talk. It's not, he, doesn't, he didn't even speak King James English. You realize that? The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. And so you don't need the thuses and the thous and the these and the, the shalls and the thus saith the Lord it can be just, you know, I feel God is saying, wants me to say this. And you bless that person in a way that you can do it in your language, inspired by him. And so the gifts don't always have to come with the drama and the theatrics. They're not always spectacular. I remember something Brother Hagin said. He said, we often miss the supernatural by seeking after the spectacular. But you have to understand that the supernatural has become natural to you because you're in Christ Jesus. You are sons and daughters of God. The supernatural is just natural. It should flow out of you almost accidentally just because of your nature and who you are and things that just happen. It's just like, oh, well, there was the Holy Spirit working and I didn't try to make it happen. It just did because I was living out of my relationship with him. And so I I want to really bring that balance as we've now we're getting into the last few gifts of the Spirit that it doesn't have to be the big dog and pony show that some Christians make it out to be. And I find that a lot of of, uh, words that come across in that fashion, they're not really words from God. They're words that say, hey, look at me and all the words in my vocabulary that we can use. You know, I found in, in, in the last... 20 years that I've really been following hard after God is that he's always used me in way, words that I know. 
Only two occasions I can think of in the last two years where he said a word through me that I didn't know the word that it was. He used two words that afterwards I was like, I got to go find a dictionary and look up what I said and it fit perfectly in the rest of the message he was sitting. But he uses you where you're at with what you know and inspires you to go beyond where you are. And so they don't have to come across spectacularly. So let's continue on this morning. I just want to spend a little bit more time on prophecy this morning. Y'all good with that? Come on, give yourself a shake. We're moving on with the Holy Spirit this morning. And we define prophecy as the supernatural utterance in a known tongue, inspired by the Spirit to build up the church or an individual. And so prophecy, when it goes forth, inspired by the Holy Spirit, should always leave the church or the person strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. And if it does the opposite, you got to check the source. Because God tells us what the simple gift of prophecy does. And in 1 Corinthians 14.3, we said that it's he who prophesies speaks edification or building up and strengthening. Exhortation, which is calling near for help and comfort and consolation and comfort to men. And so that's what the simple gift of prophecy does. And Paul tells us, he says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Why? Because everyone could use a little more building up. Everyone can use a little more encouragement, a little more strengthening. And so when Paul looks across the nine gifts, he says, hey, if you're going to seek after them, hey guys, this is the one I want you to excel in. Why? Because everyone needs a helping hand, a pick up off the ground, a little bit of dusting off and saying, it's okay, you may have been beaten and battered along the way, but it's okay, I'm going to take my hand with you and we're going to walk together for the next little bit so that you can recover your strength, that you can get back on track, that you can be reminded that God has a good plan for you filled with good things and that he has not left you he will never leave you nor forsake you he has not forgotten you that you thought you were in hey that was just a little pothole and we're going to go stand up we're going to kick some dirt into it and we're going to keep on a walking everyone can use a little bit more encouragement a little more strength and so Paul said if you're going to desire gifts hey that's great let's desire the gifts but especially that you prophesy And the reason why we see less and less prophecy all the time is because prophecy is about the building up of a church or the building up of an individual. And society has very much become about what you can you do for me. And selfishness will take you away from prophecy because it will put your eyes looking inward. And I've heard it defined that depression is worship turned in, inward. And I, don't, I think that's pretty true. When everything becomes about you, it stops being about God. And you shut off the flow of his help and his strength flowing into you. And so prophecy is about us getting our eyes off of ourselves, getting it onto God, and letting God flow through you to others around you. And Paul said that for you can all prophesy. And so when he was saying desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you can prophesy, he wasn't telling you to do something that you couldn't do. He said, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. That all may learn and all may be encouraged. 
Amen. If we drop back just a few verses, he said in verse 24, he says, But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, and he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. And so Paul says here, when it comes to unbelievers, hey, it's not just about encouraging the body of Christ. Those you run into out there that don't believe in God, they need encouragement too. And as the gift of prophecy begins to build them up, strengthen them, what does it also do? It calls them near to God. And it says that he'll be revealed. And so that's where we were last week, and there's one more aspect of prophecy that I want to deal with before we move on. And if we want to jump over to Revelations chapter 19, if you're following in your Bibles with me this morning. And in Revelations chapter 19, we have, this is obviously the Apostle John. He has, is having this vision where he's seeing what's happening in the end times. He's seeing, having Jesus talk to him. He's having angels speak to him about things that are going to happen, going to be going on. He's taken up to heaven and he begins to see heaven. And in chapter 19, verse 10, as he's having a conversation with an angel, it says, and I, which is referring to John, he fell down at the feet of this angel to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do do not do that for I am your fellow servant and your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus worship God and so he puts his focus right back where it should be and that's on God and where we've said with when the gifts flow it should always bring glory to God it should bring focus to God but what I want to focus is on the last statement he says there he says for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy And so there's an aspect here to prophecy. If we're talking about prophecy being inspired speech, it's it's God giving you a message that he wants to speak through you to others to strengthen them and encourage them. And as as the the Hebrew word that we talked about last week to prophesy, nabah, means to bubble up or to spring forth. One of the aspects that may just spring forth while you're having conversations with people is to talk about how good Jesus is to talk about his goodness and to testify of his love, to preach the good news. And that shouldn't be a surprise because he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so that shouldn't be a surprise that one of the things that he will inspire through you is to testify of Jesus, to share your testimony and how good God's been to you so that others can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so the reason why we focus on this aspect of prophecy is when we were saying, you know, it's very easy to shut prophecy off by being self-selfish or self-serving. When we look across the body of Christ in this day, not many people want to tell others about Jesus. Oh, come on, that got real quiet. And we don't have to look farther than the latest statistics. Barna Research released a study a little while ago that they're saying that out of the millennial generation, 47% of them believe that it is wrong to share their faith. Not that it's awkward, not that they don't know how, but that they feel it's wrong. And we could say, oh, that young generation, they're just getting so far away from God. Well, let's step another generation back. 39% of Gen X believe it's wrong. 
and 19% of baby boomers believe it's wrong, and 20% of elders believe it's wrong. And so when it comes to the sharing of our faith, there's an aspect of prophecy where the lid has been put on because it's saying, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I don't believe we should do that. Hey, if you can talk about the things of the world with everybody, you can talk about the things of God. There should be no no zones that are no-goes for you when it comes to sharing Jesus. And when when we're with people, the testimony of Jesus will be inspired into us. It's not that we pre-planned it or we premeditated it, but it's when we got in the moment with the person, God will have divine interactions for you where the testimony of Jesus is wanting to come forth. And that is the spirit of prophecy. And this shouldn't surprise us in the least. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what prophecy means, at its, at its breaking down to the simplest form, is to speak on behalf of another, and that another is God. And when you choose to yield yourself to him, he's going to push his cause, not yours. And as he goes forth and is glorified, it says those that humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt them. And so we don't have to worry about building our kingdom. When we build the kingdom of God, our kingdom grows. Because it goes God first, then us. And as we keep that focus, he takes care of the rest. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, everyone say us. Why don't we change that a little more personal? Say me. me. Has given me the ministry of reconciliation. It says that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I love that. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is one who represents another. They go and they speak on behalf of another. When when a country sends out an ambassador to another country, they don't expect that ambassador to go and push his own agenda. They expect him to push the agenda that has been assigned to him. These are the things we want you to tell them. This is the relationship we would like to have with them. And when it comes to us and God, we're not there to push our agenda with people. We're there to push his. We are ones who speak on behalf of another and the whole Holy Spirit will rise up on the inside of you and he will plead through us and implore them to be reconciled to God. When we share our faith, we don't do it in our strength. We don't do it in our ability and we don't do it in our wisdom. We do it through what rises up on the inside of us of the Holy Spirit. Man, sharing our faith should be the easiest thing to do because it becomes such a part of us that it's like, how could I not? talk about this 
And so as we bring this section on prophecy to close, I have some points of wisdom that I'd like you to remember when God asks you to speak on his behalf. Are you ready for them? Number one, say what he says. It's sad that this has to be said. (laughs) But when he gives you a message, don't, don't put yourself into it. Say what he gives you. Number two, don't add or take away. That goes right back to number one, saying what he says. Number three, know when to stop. This is a big one. When you get ministering under the power of the Holy Spirit, you you get excited. And it's easy just to get a little verbose when you're excited. Say what he says and then know when to stop. Just shut it up. Be like, God knew what he was saying when he told me to say it. So just go on his side. You know, I like this one story of a minister. He was out on a park bench in a city. And he was just praying. He's saying, God, I really want you to use me. I really want you to help me share my faith with someone today. And the Holy Spirit said, you see that shop over there? And he turns and he saw the shop. He's like, I want you to go in there and I want you to tell the shopkeeper, Jesus loves you, nothing more. And he's like, oh, I can't just say that. You know, I've got to explain the love of God. I've got to explain what he's done for us. And he said, no, I want you to say, Jesus loves you, nothing more. And so he's like, fine, fine. He's like, I'll do it, God. He goes in and he just grabs something off the shelf. He goes up to pay and he says, hey, Jesus loves you. And as he said that and stopped, the person just burst into tears. And he says, you don't realize what you've just done. So I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And these people keep telling me about how good God is. And I, and I said this morning as I came into work, I said, God, if you're real, And if you love me, have someone come in and tell me Jesus loves you and nothing more. That's why it's important. Say what he says and then shut up. You're not responsible for the results. You're responsible for what is given to you. And number four, err on the side of caution. And what do I mean by that? When we get up and we say, thus saith the Lord, if you're wrong, he looks bad. So get up, recognize that maybe you're missing it, and just say, hey, I feel like God would like to say this, or I just feel inspired like this should be said. Let the, let the failure fall on you. And let God be glorified as it's walked out. And so I say, err on the side of caution. We all miss it. Me included. So many times. Therefore, don't make it that it's always God. Because sometimes you just had bad pizza that day. (laughs) Amen. Okay, let's go on. That's number one of the vocal gifts. It's prophecy. And number two and three, we're not going to spend a ton of time on today. The gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And the reason why we're not going to do a whole bunch is because we already did two weeks on this earlier in this series. So week number 12 and week number 13, we did a subsection called What's Up With Tongues? And so if you want to refresh that, you can do that. But the gifts of tongues can be defined as a supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker, not understood by the mind of the speaker, nor necessarily understood by the, that's supposed to be hearer, not the hearer. 
not necessarily understood by the hearer. And what do we mean by that? There'll be times when you give out a message in tongues and there, maybe you're speaking in a language that someone in the room understands. In that sense, you don't need to interpret it. They already understand. But there's not always the case. And that's why the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, they flow together as companion gifts. You don't know what you're saying. It's in a language you don't know and the other people don't understand what they're hearing and therefore there is an interpretation that comes along beside and brings clarity to what has been said. Now these two gifts, they are specific to new covenant believers. These are gifts that we only see in the New Testament. They weren't part of the Old Testament and so we don't have stories to give you. Now that does not mean that they are any less than the other seven gifts of the Spirit because Paul still mentions them as ways that the Holy Spirit will move but they are specific to your dispensation. They're specific for the time that you live in. And we, it's like, man, God was preparing us before even the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 17, he said, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And so when we look at what Jesus is saying, these, these signs will follow those who believe. And I've heard people say, well, you know, that when it talks about speaking with tongues here, it's talking about the languages they're going to have to learn as they go out into the rest of the world. They're, they're, they're not going to know, you know, Trajan. They're not going to know Indian. They're not going to know all these languages, so you're going to have to learn them. Well, I think the key to that is in the word that says, these signs which is the word Simeon, which is one of the three words that the New Testament translates miracles. So these miracles will follow those who believe. It's not talking about natural things that you do in your ability. These are things that flow through you because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we look a little bit deeper into these, we can understand that these are actually some of the gifts of the Spirit that Jesus is talking about. He said, in my name they will cast out demons, which means they would need discerning of spirits. They will speak with new tongues. This is the gift of tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. This is a word of miracles it's outside of the course of nature it says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover that's gifts of healings in operation and so they're not talking about natural things here and Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 13 he said for though I speak with tongues of men and of angels but have not love I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So Paul recognized and says here, he's like, there's languages of men and there's languages of God. And sometimes you'll be speaking one of them. And the reason why there's a lot of confusion around the gift of tongues and how it should be used and how people think it shouldn't be used is because in throughout the New Testament, we see that there are three specific operations that tongues fall into. And so the first one of those would be in your personal prayer life. 
You know, Paul said that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself or builds himself up or strengthens himself. He also said that he speaks to God and he speaks mysteries. It's not that you understand it because he's not talking to you. You're talking to God. Paul went on to say that I wish you all spoke with tongues. In the same chapter in verse 18, he says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words in my understanding that I may teach others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So here's the question. If Paul was speaking in tongues more than them, but said he doesn't do it in the church, when was he doing it? In his personal prayer time. And so there's an f- outflow of tongues that is for your personal time. It's you talking to God, getting around your head, and speaking what is mysteries to you, but not mysteries to Him. But the second function that we see tongues fall into in, uh, in the New Testament is as a message given in church or a public setting. And this is where the gift of tongues would fall under. Paul said in the same chapter in verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. And so when it comes to the gift of tongues in a church service or in a public setting, they have to be interpreted. That's what Paul told us. And that's why there's the gift of tongues, and we also have the companion gift, the interpretation of tongues. And if the Holy Spirit inspires you to give a word out in tongues, guess what? He knew to inspire the first one. He can inspire the second one. And you can step out in faith and know there's going to be an interpretation of it because Paul said if you don't have the interpretation, if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. He's saying maybe if there's no interpreter, it's because that's just you in your personal prayer life. It wasn't meant for that church service. And Paul said, therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, I want to point that out there because the Bible will never tell you to do something that you can't do. And so he says, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. In other words, go ahead and ask God and say, okay, God, we've given the word, now let's interpret it. Because tongues and interpretation of tongues flow together. And if they don't flow together, that's because it was not meant for public consumption. It should have stayed in your personal prayer life. And so that's the second function that we see tongues and interpretation fall under. Number three is that tongues and interpretation can be given as a ministry function or assignment imparted to a gift. And that's something that Pastor Robin and Wendy flow in. You often see them flowing in tongues and interpretation because that's something that has been given to them as part of their gifting to help them fulfill the call that has been placed upon their lives. You know, God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church. Not man, not Paul. He said God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues are all apostles, 
No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer is no. When it comes to the ministry function, you're not all apostles. And just like with tongues and interpretation, that has not all been given to all for work in the church. There's a difference between your personal prayer time, differences in the gifts and function that God has given you within the body of Christ. You know, I remember Brother Hagin always talked about Ma and Pa Goodwin and that they would come and minister at the school and they flowed very strongly in tongues and interpretation, so much so that they could be on opposite ends of the room talking to different people and then he would start up just giving a word in tongues and she'd be on the other side and be like, well, hold on a second, I've got to go find my husband. And she would walk into the situation not knowing the conversation and interpret the word and it would be bang on to what they were talking about because it's a flow of the Holy Spirit and she may not have been standing there physically but the Holy Spirit was and so it's the same way with tongues and interpretation the person who who's going to interpret the tongue doesn't even need to have heard it because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit rising up on the inside of them and so it can be given as a ministry function to complement the call that God has placed upon your life Okay, that brings us to interpretation of tongues, which is obviously the simplest of gifts to define. It is a supernatural showing forth of what has been said in tongues. It's God saying, here was the message, now here's what it meant. Very easy to interpret, right? Now, we have to understand with this that it is interpretation. It's not translation. It is not word-for-word translation. It's taking the heart of the message as God intended and giving you the meaning. And the reason why we say that is because inevitably somebody always said, why was the tongues so short and the interpretation so long? Or vice versa, because it's not a word-for-word translation And two, you don't know the source language, so how do you know it was really short? Some languages are more complex than others. And so it's an interpretation, not a translation. And Paul said, I I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification what is Paul saying he's saying in the body in the church in a public setting tongues and interpretation are the equivalent of prophecy and it says that the church may receive edification which means it falls under the same guidelines of prophecy it builds the church up it calls people near and so they they are very similar in their result just different in their delivery prophecy is just speaking right out by faith and skipping the middleman the tongues where tongues and interpretation is a message in an unknown language being interpreted but they serve the same function so tongues and interpretation they are essentially the container that the message comes from in It could be a message of prophecy. It could also be a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge that comes through tongues and interpretation. It is essentially just a container. And you say, well, why would God do it? Because he can. Do we always need a reason? 
He just told us this is how he does it. He doesn't have to explain himself. It's our job just to say, okay, God, you said it. I believe it. Let's do it. Right? You don't always have to wrap your head around everything that God thinks and wants to do because the thing is, you can't. His thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts and his ways are so much higher than your ways. There are aspects where sometimes you just got to say, okay, God, I trust you. If this is how you want to do it, I'm sure you have a reason. Let's follow through it. But when it comes for prophecy and whether it comes for tongues and interpretation, we always have to remember Paul's balance. He says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And he says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order and that's an important thing to remember he said do not forbid to speak with tongues and it's that emphasis got to be there I, I sat in a church one time and the pastor got up and spoke about how you we tongues is gone it's no more done away do not speak in this church ever in tongues and I was sitting beside pastor Robin and he elbowed me and he pointed to the verse that says do not forbid to speak with tongues just have it in its right place because when we put the things that God has given us in the right place it has the effect that God intended for it and so with prophecy tongues and interpretation the backbone of it is strong people healthy people growing people encouraged people comforting people and you know the thing is healthy people are so much, so much, so much, so much better at carrying out a mission. If you look at our militaries, we don't send out the weak. We don't send out the sick. We send out the strong. Why? Because they can accomplish the mission. God wants healthy people in his church. And therefore, he needs the gifts of the Spirit back in their proper place, strengthening people, building them up, encouraging them, reminding them that, hey, you can do it. Father, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that you have given to us in the body. We thank you for their place. We we honor them as you've told us to honor them. We say that we're not going to be ignorant about them. We thank you that they are for us today, and we choose to say, okay, God, I believe it. Let's do this. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in just a moment, a few, uh, some of our Word Care team is going to be here at the front. They would be more than happy to pray with you and agree with you for whatever it is you're going through. We should never leave church the way we came in. If you've got a problem, someone should be believing with you. Someone should be encouraging you. So I, I encourage you to take an opportunity, if you need, to pray with Pastor Robin and Wendy. They're on Word Care this morning. If you would like to give this morning, we just say thank you for your contributions and your support of us. Uh, there's envelopes in the seats in front of you, or the, you can go to wordchurch.ca forward slash give. And whatever you choose to do, we just say thank you. But guys, I encourage you this week, this is a little homework. This week, I want you to stop and say, Holy Spirit, how would you 
would like to use me today? Are there ways that I've been running past in my busyness that you wanted to use me? And just stop and listen. Amen. That's your homework. I hope you enjoy it. You guys are blessed. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you all soon.